0: Like to welcome you back to our second part of our current event and weekly Bible study for June 8th, 2008. And um, we're going to continue with the last teaching regarding Todd Bentley, Lakeland Revival, and proving that these people that are within these movements are not really just deceived, but they're actually Satanists. Now, the reason, one of the chief reasons I came out of the Charismatic and the Pentecostal movement, the first thing that happened was that the Lord showed me what the Word of God was. And um, essentially I was given a Gail Ripplinger tape, and she went through and uh, uh, did a just did a comparison between the King James Bible and primarily the NIV. And it was done in a very gentle way, and in such a way that was very, very hard to to refute. And as I checked into it further, I realized it was truth. And when I switched over to the King James Bible, it was like the scales were removed from my eyes, so to speak. And all of a sudden, things that I never saw going on in the charismatic church when I was reading an NIV and a living Bible, now all of a sudden I started to see. So I go to the I go to one of the um, Pentecostal pastors at this big hyper-charismatic church that I was at and start showing them all the stuff, I said, hey, listen, even if you use an NIV, it says we shouldn't be doing this, and this, and this, and, you know, their response was like, let go, let God. When it came to the King King James issue, they said it just caused a division in, among the brethren, it's the thing they always fall back on, and I ended up leaving. But as I left, about the same time I had ordered these tapes, called the Toronto Blessing Unmasked, evidence that will shock you, and, um, or actually it's just called the Toronto Blessings Unmasked. And, um, I've had a lot of people email me about this and ask me about these, and this will be included, um, I try to include this in the PDF that I put with this particular teaching. But um, I've had a lot of inquiries about it. The problem is, is these tapes came from Australia, and there was a guy in America that was distributing them. Um, Now, on this video, you will actually witness evidence that clearly shows men like Benny Hinn, Kenneth Copeland, Rodney Howard Brown, Mike Evans, and many others to actually be real practicing Satanists who are posing as Christian pastors. This is the first... Now, I, I said all this stuff about Todd Bentley today and about this email that I just quoted in the previous teaching, but see, I've known about this for years, and this is something that one of the reasons I guess I'm so dogmatic and militant in a lot of ways is because I've Believe this and seen so much evidence for this for so long that I have a little different view of, of modern day Christianity than most people have as a result of the truth I've been exposed to. Now, um, I did find these tapes online. But I have no idea if this address and these things are still valid. I did find another ministry regarding these videos, and I've got all the links here in this thing. And um, this is where I kind of copied and pasted some of this. It's from CephasMinistry.com. And uh, if you go up there, you can find it through their website. But this article deals with a very serious allegation made by a Christian brother in Australia. He has uncovered evidence that Kenneth Copeland, Rodney Howard Brown, and many other famous preachers are actually practicing Satanists posing as pastors. This evidence comes straight from the lips of these men themselves, as by closely analyzing their tongues. Tongues issue? Well, this is how they mask curses and things like this, because they can pray in tongues and be cursing you all along, and you don't know the difference. And it's well known in the occult circles that this is one of the primary ways they'll infiltrate churches. They'll have witches that'll come in. Everybody will be speaking in tongues, which is totally unbiblical. And then what ends up happening is, um, the witches can go in there and utter their curses in their tongues, because other languages speak in tongues, too. It's a very common occurrence with other religions, I'm sorry. And, um, they can kind of do their witchcraft thing, and nobody knows the wiser. That's why the charismatic churches are the most ripe to be taken over, and why they are being taken over. Um, So this evidence comes straight from the lips of these men, analyzing their tongues that can be heard calling upon and praising Satan. They, um the way they praise Satan in front of the crowds is by mixing the praise with their tongues. As unbelievable as this sounds to many, it is only viewing by viewing these videos that you can make an accurate judgment. Anyone who doubts these quotes, please go to our video sound page to listen to some of the heresies. for So they have a video sound page that I believe you can listen to these. Now I watched, these are like 20 hours of footage. 20 hours, okay? I mean, I watched them, I think, twice. And when I was done watching, I was like, done. It was like, okay. I don't ever want to watch that again. I'm convinced, uh I've seen enough to know. And sometimes they would actually slow down the tongues, sometimes they would catch them off camera when they weren't when they didn't think they were being recorded. Sometimes they would actually back mask some of the tongues and you would hear it in reverse order, which is a common occultic technique. Because demons can, you know, Speak backward or forward, it's no big deal for them. Example one, I'm just going to go over some of these examples. And you can go up to the video sound page to actually hear these. Uh, Kenneth Copeland, while pretending to be speaking in tongues, says the words, come, take the mark of the beast. As he invites Dennis Burke to come forward for the ministry. Now again, I've seen these, I've seen the videos. And so has Doug and Lisa at our our home Bible study here. And, um, I mean, it's really sickening. I mean, you watch this, you, you get to a point where you're like, okay, Let's turn this off. It's brutal to watch. It really is. It's not something that makes you feel good. Okay. But it is definitely falling under the alignment of... or in the realm of of, um, not being ignorant of Satan's devices lest he get an advantage of us, according to 2 Corinthians 2.11. So, um, example number two is Kenneth Copeland says the words, Tell my brother now, take take the beast, take together Satan here... Yeah, have the mark off from the beast. As he communicates with Rodney Howard Brown, now this is the holy, supposedly the unholy ghost bartender, okay, he tells you to belly up to the bar. He's one of the main ones that that, um, started the whole um, laughing revival movement, okay. But he's, as Kenneth Copeland says, he's communicating with Rodney Howard Brown in his supposed tongues about a man who's about to be prayed for by Rodney Howard Brown. Example three, uh, Kenneth Copeland asks Satan to tie up the money that is coming in through this movement. He can be heard saying the words, tie my money, Satan. Because see, Satan's the one that's bringing this stuff in, really. I mean, it's deception. Uh, skipping to example eight, Kenneth Copeland says the words... Banshoketi, Baba Bug, our devil, while doing the allegiance to the sign of Satan, meaning the Cornudo sign, which is what we talked about in the previous teaching. Example 9, Kenneth Copeland speaks in what is supposed supposed to be tongues by saying the words, Yeah, I like my devil. Now these are all quotes off the tapes. Example 10, Kenneth Copeland waving his left hand, and is distinguishably doing the sign of allegiance to Satan, the Cornudo sign. While at the same time saying the words, yep, I'm a demon. Example 12, Rodney Howard Brown works up the audience, getting them to a passive state of mind. Kenneth Copeland can be heard calling personally upon the devil to give a demon to the people in the audience. He says the words, my devil now give a demon in him. End of quote. And Rodney Howard Brown says, yeah, 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 in agreement with Kenneth Copeland saying these words. Example 13, a demon speaks out of a lady that Rodney Howard Brown ministers to, saying the words, move Satan master. End of quote. As the lady is manifesting the laughter and the demonic tongues. Example 14. Rodney Howard Brown says the word, Our Satan was moving here. Was moving her. End of quote. Referring to the lady who manifests the laughter and the demonic tongues. Example 18. A demon speaks out of someone in the audience who is experiencing the movement and says the words, Our Satan's with us. End of quote. Before Kenneth Copeland pretends to make Rodney Howard Brown slump onto the floor by the power of the Holy Spirit. And again, it's the power of the unholy spirit. Example 23, as Rodney Howard Brown is repeating the words, Have a drink of the new wine. Have a drink of the new wine. Kenneth Copeland can be heard distinguishly calling upon Satan. He says the words, Come our Satan. Yeah, this new wine. Uh, example 26, Mike Evans says the word, Take over my Satan. End of quote when he is being ministered by Kenneth Copeland and Rodney Howard Brown, when he says that Rodney Howard Brown breaks out in laughter at Mike Evans' poor effort in trying to disguise the word Satan. See, they just think this is hilarious. These Satanists, they think this is just hilarious, that they can go and they can dupe large masses of people, and, um, you know, nobody's none the wiser, evidently. Um... If we go further, I'm just looking at these other quotes. Example 47, here's Jesse Duplantis. You know, he's a a real stalwart of the faith. Jesse Duplantis says the words, Take over my Satan, you're moving here, Satan, while pretending to be speaking in tongues. Example 48, Jesse Duplantis again communicates with Satan while pretending to be speaking in tongues. This time he can be heard saying, Move our Satan, our Satan thank you, Lord, end of quote. Example 49, Jesse Duplantis quickly says the words, Glory be to Satan, who's on me. Thank you, Lord. End of quote. While Kenneth Copeland tells him to turn his throat loose in Jesus' name. Example 50, Jesse Duplantis, or one of his bikers, from the group that calls itself the tribe of Judah. Oh yeah, they've got these Christian bikers. And he's, he's big into this. The, Copeland, he's big into Christian Harley bikes. Yeah, that's real Christian. Talk about not fleeing all appearance of evil. Uh, But Jesse Duplantis, or one of the bikers from the group that calls itself the tribe of Judah, can be heard saying the words, I worship Satan. Uh, Let's go further. Now, I'm, I'm skipping a whole bunch of these. Example 60. The same man from the previous example, after receiving ministry from Rodney Howard Brown, begins to manifest what is supposed to be the gift of tongues, by saying very fast the words, quote, I said I love the devil, la la la, end of quote. He receives a spirit of demonic tongues, which Rodney Howard Brown put into him. So is this kind of confirming the last teaching that we just did? Example 61, Rodney Howard Brown using Christian terms and phrases like, In the mighty name of Jesus, I loose the fire. As he is ministering to a man, when he comes ministering to this man, he can be heard saying the words, Come work our Satan nasty, end of quote. So, This guy goes on here in this page. He says, It's still unfinished. I can understand your difficulty in believing that these above-mentioned, quote, men of God would stoop to such blatant acts of evil. When I have finished my files on these men, you will soon see that they're Masonic, occult, New Age memberships and connections. Kenneth Copeland has, for example, stated that, he stated this in the Force of Love tape, because, you know, they make all these tapes and sell them. He says that, we do not have a God in us, but that we are a God. You don't have God in you, you are one. End of quote. He also says that Adam was manifest in the flesh. That Adam Adam was God manifest in the flesh. Kathy Copeland says God's reason for creating Adam was his desire to reproduce himself, I mean a reproduction of himself, literally. And that in the Garden of Eden he did not just he did just that. He was not like a like a little god. He was almost like God. He was not subordinate to God. Adam wasn't subordinate to God. Well then why how could God have forced him out of the garden of Eden? <laughs> okay? All right. He says Adam was not subordinate to God. Even Adam is like is as much like God as you could get. Just the same as Jesus. Adam in the garden of Eden was God manifested in the flesh. He said that on the tape Following the Faith of Abraham, side one. And again, this is all documented, you know. You can check this out for yourself if you want. Um, I'll make sure that this whole thing is up on the the uh, internet. Uh, then he goes on to say, God is the greatest failure in the universe. Kenneth Copeland said this. I've heard this one many times. Kenneth Copeland says, quote, now this was on TBN, Trinity Broadcasting, April of 1988 during their Praise-a-thon which is where they go and they money grub and they fleece the flock for days on end with their praise-a-thons so that they can spread the gospel of the kingdom and bring it into dominion? Because that's what this is all about. Really. Kenneth Copeland says... What's that? So Kenneth Copeland's quoted saying... He says, quote, I was shocked when I found out who the biggest failure in the Bible actually is. The biggest one is God. I mean, he lost his top ranking... Most, the most anointed angel, and the first man that he ever created, the first woman he ever created, the whole earth and the fullness therein, and a third of the angels. So in other words, this is what God lost. He lost his top ranking. How did he do that? How did God lose his top ranking? I want to know that. That's, that's total lies. His most anointed angel, well, they called Satan the the anointed cherub that covereth. Okay, so, I guess that's what he's in reference to. He lost the first man that he ever created. He lost the first woman he ever created, the whole earth and the fullness thereof. How did he lose the earth? The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He didn't lose the earth. He didn't use the lose the universe. They made free will choices. That's their that's their problem. They're the ones that lost out. You know? They made that choice. Satan made his choice. He lost a third of the angels, at least, and that's a big loss, man. End of quote. That's what good old Kenneth Copeland says. That man's a devil. I'm sorry, you gotta just look at him. The guy, all I can, I can just appear him. I can just see this guy with a black satanic cloak on, at, around a satanic altar with an athami in his hand, which is the satanic ritual dagger. I can just see this guy doing this, and this just confirms it. And then here's another quote from good old Kenneth Copeland. He said, "God lives on a mother planet." Now this sounds like the Mormons, um, where they believe that their God lives on the planet Kolob. And dwells and helps to make spiritual tabernacles and all this crazy stuff. Kenneth Copeland, <laughs> Kenneth Copeland says, Heaven has a north and a south and an east and a west. Consequently, it must be a planet. Um, which means, he said that, this is all quoted in here, from referenced quotes. Kenneth Copeland said, You don't think earth was first, do you? Huh? Well, you don't think that God made man in his image and then made earth in some other image. There is not anything under the whole sun that's new. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is all a copy. It's a copy of home. It's a copy of the mother planet where God lives. This is just crazy talk. Where God lives, He made little. He made a little one just like a, like His, and put us on it. <laughs> Here's another quote, where he says the death of Jesus on the cross did not pay the price for sins. He's quoted saying, it wasn't the physical death on the cross that paid the price for sin. Anybody could do that. Oh, man, I don't think I've ever heard this one. He said, what Satan saw on the day of Pentecost, what Satan saw on the day of Pentecost, every prophet that walked the face of the earth under the Abrahamic covenant could have paid the price. Oh, man, this is blasphemy. I'm like reading this. He said every prophet that walked in the Abrahamic coma could have paid the price evidently for our sin debt. If it were a physical death only. Then he goes on to say "When, when he said it is finished on that cross, he was not speaking of just plain redemption. Of the plan of redemption. The plan of redemption had just begun. There was still three days and three nights to be gone through. Jesus accepted the sin nature of Satan in his own spirit. And at the moment that he did so, he cried, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He, Jesus, went down into the pit, and therefore he suffered the punishment for three horrible days and three horrible nights in Adam's, for Adam's treason. There is the new birth that takes place in the very depths of the earth. When the command of God says, That's enough, loose him and let him go. So in other words, Jesus didn't finish it on the cross. He had to go down there and, and refinish it. Okay? Okay. When he said it was finished, it was finished. The Bible talks about Jesus going down there and actually taking captivity captive, taking the keys back, you know? Go ahead. Yeah, Doug just brought up a good point. Do you see how these Satanists make Satan look more powerful than Jesus? Isn't that what this was all about? Questioning the Word of God, which is exactly what Satan did in the Garden of Eden? He hasn't changed his tricks. And his ministers haven't changed their tricks either. Then he goes on to say, that, this is Kenneth Copeland. He says here in this next quote that Jesus was raped by homosexual Roman soldiers every way possible. I don't like saying this. Junk. He says, this is a quote. This is on the Resurrection of Truth audio tape from Kenneth Copeland. He says, quote, Let me tell you something, folks. Anybody in here that's ever been sexually abused, listen to me right now. Listen to me very carefully. The Bible's very careful about the way it says these things. But down there in that dungeon, Romans, ungodly men, ungodly men, put him, Jesus, to every kind of abuse that you can think of. There's no sin that Jesus didn't bear. How sickening. There is no, in other words, he had to suffer every type of physical, ugh. How totally sickening and unbiblical this is. He says, there is no thing, there is no such thing as sexual abuse on somebody that Jesus didn't know firsthand. What it's all about. He's been where you are. I don't care what you've been through. Jesus has been through it. And everything done to him that we could have... That we could have... That we couldn't even speak of. So yeah, that's good old Kenneth Copeland for you. So that's some quotes from that video cassette series. Um, I don't know if they've done anything more with this. I I I, I really don't know. I haven't had any feedback from anybody but I know you can go up there and listen to these quotes right online. So hopefully that will help you. Now this next part is um, regarding God TV. Has had a lot of inquiries. I couldn't find a lot about particularly God TV on you know online. But they're the ones propagating this particular revival. Now I did already read you a quote at the very very start of this this teaching where um, Wendy Alec, who is the co-founder of God TV prophesied regarding the latest outpouring in Lakeland, where she said, This is just a warm-up party for what you shall see in my coming days. She'll even make these days pale with what I have up my sleeve. Okay, so let's look at God TV. God TV was a, was first called um, the Christian Channel Europe. This was back in October of 1995. And it the launch of the Christian Channel Europe, which is known today as God TV. Um, This channel was to be Europe's first daily Christian television channel, which would reach out to millions of people throughout Europe with the Bible-based family viewing and ministry. Now, this very much goes along with the last teaching we just did on Reconstructionism, Dominionism, because this Christian TV model goes along with that. You're reaching millions of people. You're advancing the kingdom. Unfortunately, it's not the kingdom of God. It's some ungodly thing. The founders of God TV, or as the Christian channel Europe were Rory and Wendy Alec. They accepted the challenge of providing a channel committed to Christian views, beliefs and lifestyle back in September of 1994. On On the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Here we go again. On the prompting of the Holy Spirit. These people throw the Holy Spirit around like it's just nothing. You know, You need to be very, 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 very cautious about if you say, tell tell other people that the Holy Spirit told you to do something. It better line up with the Word of God, you know, because, um, you know, for all the reasons we mentioned in the previous teaching, on the property of the Holy Spirit, a vision for Christian TV in Europe started as a two-hour program broadcast from their kitchen table and grew to be a multi... Channel network of Christian TV radio programs broadcasting to a potential of 80 million people in 58 nations across the UK. Now, this article was from 2006, so now they're saying it's 160 million people nightly could be seen as Todd Bentley thing. The prophecy: uh, this Christian Channel Europe, which has now got TV, was launched by Rory and Wendy Alec on the basis of a prophecy made by Jonathan David in July of 1994. So here we go, with the Holy Spirit told me, this prophecy, and we've just seen how this is totally being um, mimicked through through demonic spirits, you know, at Lakeland by itself, with Todd Bentley, but all through the charismatic movement. So this was in July of 1994, in the Quarterstone Christian Center. Uh, Bromley, pastored a pastored by Julian Meefy and Hugh Osgood, um, Howard Condor, who since worked for the Christian Channel Europe, was alleged to have been present at this meeting, and that the prophecy was directed to him. Um, whereas Julian Meefee denies, claiming that it was directed to Rory and Alec, who were both present at the meeting. So in other words, there's a lot of dispute on who this prophecy was even directed at. But they just took it upon themselves to say it was their own. Cameras recorded the meaning, but Rory or Wendy Alec do not even appear on camera. So they probably weren't even there. (laughs) Well, you know, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Well, they're saying the Holy Spirit told them to do this. Prophecy, there's all kind of dispute about the prophecy itself. And now we look at the fruit of God TV, and we know it wasn't the Holy Spirit that told them to do this. Because if it was, it would line up with the Word of God. Okay, but um, no, we don't have that. The prophecy in question is a rather vague prophecy, which clearly the Alexes have taken full advantage of to build their own television network. Now, this is a very highly referenced article that I'm quoting from here. They're trying to back up everything that we're, they're saying. Rory and Wendy Alec gave testimonies of their conversion to Jesus Christ on the BBC telecast, Every Man. The testimonies were sadly devoid of any gospel truths, and it would seem from the interview that on Everyman telecast that at the time of their alleged conversion, they did not know or even understand the biblical gospel. Now, why doesn't that surprise me? The vision of, let's just call it CCE, which is now God TV. The vision of CCE is to, quote, equip believers with solid foundational teachings from the word of God and to preach the gospel to all the continents of Europe and to facilitate revival across Europe. On the BBC telecast, every man, they examined the launch of CCE, and um, Rory Alec promised that CCE would stick to the scriptures and promise that if anything was not scriptural, it would not be broadcasted. What a lie from the pit of hell that is, from its very inception. It was founded on lies, and they broadcast lies or hath truce. The Bible says a little leaven, leaveneth the whole lump. Jesus referred to leaven in the Bible more so as false doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Okay, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees, which is their doctrine. Okay, so this is something we really want to be wary of. Well, that's what you're getting if you watch God TV all the time, a lot of false leaven doctrine. And if you put yourself under it, you're going to be brought into bondage by it, you're going to be overcome by it, Bible guarantees it. CCE is, in fact, an extreme, hypercharismatic and ecumenical channel, which is fundamentally flawed in doctrine and practice, promoting the evils of the word-faith theology, Christian rock music, along with numerous occult practices that are forbidden in Scripture, and which can be traced to the New Age movement. Now, well, there you go. The teachers, the main teachers of the word-faith movement, Kenneth Copeland, who we just discussed in depth, Kenneth Hagin, Creflo, give me a dollar. Oh, sorry. I like, Pastor Slaughter put that out the other day about Creflo, give me a dollar. (laughs) Oh, man. John, John Bevere. Jack Van Empe, the Pope-loving kind of guy he is. Joyce Myers, the the drill sergeant, I like to refer to as the drill sergeant. She wears the pants, and you can tell she wears the pants, Joyce Myers. That woman don't have a submissive bone in her body. I'm sorry, but uh, I cringe when I see her. I I just, I'm sorry, but I get righteous indignant when I see that lady w- marching around like a drill sergeant, barking out orders. Oh, man. Then we have Rodney Howard Brown, the Holy Ghost bartender, unholy ghost bartender, um, <clears throat> who we just talked a lot about, who how he, lo- he loves to call upon Satan. And then there's Benny Hinn, Mr. False Miracle Worker. Ulf Ekman. I've never heard of Ulf. What a name. Jesse Duplantis, who we just heard about, how he loves to call upon Satan. And Paul Crouch, who's the head guy at TBN. He got convicted with his, um, having a, a, a black gay male lover. who was his chauffeur driver. It was well documented, but it was repressed in the news only on a regional level. I've put out many emails on that. Story: Colin Dye, Steve Hill and John Kilpatrick of the Brownsville False Revival, growing up in Brownsville, Florida, Gerald Coates, good old T.D. Jakes, the the screaming guy, Brian Houston, Darlene Zeech, Moore Cerillo, and James McConnell. The lady that I mentioned earlier, the charismatic lady that I said I knew previously, she was absolutely, she just was absolutely 100% convinced Moore Cirillo was a man of God. It didn't matter what I said. It didn't matter what I gave him about the guy. It didn't matter how much proof I put in front of her. Don't confuse me with the facts. My mind is made up. That's their motto about these people. And, you know, you can only do so much. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. The teachings of the Word Faith Movement teaches that faith is a force, and that both God and man use words as containers of that force. And though... And through the power of words, man can create his own reality. Well, it sounds a lot like The Secret. You know? So, um, the the Oprah's promoting this whole name-it-and-claim-it thing. God created the world by faith, and His spoken word, and the earth is an exact copy of the mother planet. Now, this is exactly what I'm reading from the last thing. We just talked about Kenneth Copeland. But these are two totally unrelated articles. But they're confirming one another. Written years apart. Okay, Man is a little God in this planet who can literally have anything that he says. Isn't that what we just said Copeland was saying? Quoted? It's funny how the Lord will, will build upon teachings like this. Man is an exact duplicate of God including size and shape. Man can use his faith in the same way that God uses his faith and can speak out and create his own reality. Hmm. This is known as positive confession. And by putting your faith in your spoken words you can then get God to bring to pass whatever you say. Like, he's, like God is the big guy in the sky, he's the heavenly bellhop, and you can do whatever you want, have whatever you want. And this is what the secret teaches, but actually the charismatics were doing it before the secret book ever came out. Even though the only ones that ever seem to be getting rich are the guys at the head of the ministry. (laughs) They're the ones that, that have all the money, but the sheeple people, they don't, they're not getting rich, they're probably getting more broke and broke by the day. The gospel, How, where do they believe about the gospel on God TV? The gospel of Jesus Christ and Him crucified is rejected and replaced. Jesus Christ did not pay this, this, the debt of sin on the cross. When Christ cried, it is finished, it was not finished. Jesus Christ was dragged into hell by Satan, and there He suffered the punishment for three horrible days and nights, where His emaciated, poured out little spirit was born again. This is what they believe at their core levels. Now, didn't we just have a quote that confirmed this? Out of mouth, the mouth of two or three witnesses, the thing is established. Every demon in hell tortured him beyond anything that anybody has ever conceived. Uh, for three days, he Jesus suffered everything there is to suffer in hell. However, Satan didn't realize that he took Jesus illegally because he did not sin. Oh, yeah. Satan, though, Satan, though, he had. Jesus destroyed, but God started talking, and Jesus' emaciated, poured out little spirit was then born again. Jesus Christ therefore became the first born again man. Whoa. This is another gospel. This is a false gospel. And the Bible says, if any man come to you, or an angel in heaven come unto you and preaching another Jesus or another gospel, let him be accursed. And then it says it again in the next verse, let him be accursed. Accursed. Well, they're bringing the curse on themselves. That's what's going on. What do they believe about doctrine at God TV? Well, a letter to the CCE, a Christian, raised concerns regarding the false doctrine and false teachings being widely promoted on the Christian Channel Europe. John Hammond, head of the ministerial relations at the Christian Channel Uh, in Europe in 1996, replied, There is no doubt that many of the ministers who use the Christian channel to preach the good news of Christ are classed by some to be controversial. This is often the case because they refuse to compromise their understanding of the word of God. We at CCE find in such cases that it is best not to concentrate on the negative, which is a code word for that doctrine does not matter, (laughs) Exactly. But essentially to ask, is the minister's heart right? Oh, that's what really matters, your heart. And do they seek to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ, or do they seek to lead the lost to a saving knowledge of Him? How can they lead the lost to a saving knowledge of Him if they're presenting a false gospel, a false leaven gospel, and they've brought themselves voluntarily, according to the Bible, under a curse? How does that work? I just don't get it. You know, but again, that's a code word for doctrine does not matter. And they're not glorifying Christ if they're presenting a false gospel. They're an abomination. They're hirelings. They're wolves in sheep's clothing that they have no true love for the sheep. Why? Because they're not giving the sheep the truth. They're hirelings. What does that mean? They're doing it for the money. Hirelings, they're for hire. Okay, then we go further. A False Prophecy. This, is, this part's entitled, Rory Alec, a co-founder of CCE, joined the False Prophets Hall of Fame in December 1996, just like Benny Hinn, Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagin, Oral Roberts, Rick Joyner, John Kilpatrick, and others who are on God TV carry, and whose failed prophecies are legendary. Yeah, see, the Bible says in Deuteronomy 18 that the test of a prophet is that they've got to get it right every single time, and it's got to confirm, essentially, the Word of God. Okay, that's how you know they're of God. But I don't see that happening any. You have a lot of people say, Oh, yes, bless God, i never missed a prophecy. And they're in all kind of abject heresy and error. This one guy says, Oh, I've never missed a prophecy. And he wears a, he thinks he's a Jew. He wears one of those skull caps with a hexagram on. He's got hexagrams all over his literature. And you're telling me that man's not deceived? Why would God omit the weightier matters? But, oh, no, he's never missed on a prophecy. Okay, whatever. Rory Alec, his heir, was proclaiming on Christmas 1996 Good Morning Europe telecast rather excitedly that prophetically speaking, God TV was going to be broadcast 24 hours per day, carrying five languages in 1997. It was clearly stated by Rory Alec that this would not happen, but that this was not his will, but the will of but God the Father's will. That was a quote. And that that would happen. So he prophesied this. okay? And he said it was God the Father's will that they would be broadcasting 24/7, 24 hours per day carrying five languages in 1997. Sadly for Rory Alec, this prophetic word did not come to pass. This prophecy failed. What did happen? September 1st, 1997, CCE broadcast extended to seven hours each morning and then is relaunched as the God channel. Well, seven hours is a far cry from 24. So in other words, it's a false prophecy. one of the many. In the Old Testament, God commanded that false prophets should be put to death. So is the God of God TV the God of Scripture? Yeah, it it was punishable by death in the Old Testament. This wasn't a light thing with God. On God TV, people are often told that if they do not give to their ministries, to God TV's ministries. They will remain poor, or even get sick. Or they will remain sick. John Vinzini one of my favorites, says, the debt is not mathematical. It is really a spirit of debt. Ah, the, the dreaded spirit of death. Yes. And guess what he has the power to do. And guess what he has the power to Break that spirit of debt in Jesus' name. Evidently, John M. Vizzini has that. But only if you sow some money into his ministry. It's the only way it's going to happen now. Come on. A workman's, you know, worthy of his labor. Right, Doug? Come on. John M. Vizzini claims you should not even try to renegotiate your loan, as it is really only like a junkie getting a better fix. What should one do? Well, I don't believe you should get loans at all. The Bible says the borrower is slave to the lender. You know what a mortgage means? You know what that word mortgage means? Mort means death. That's where we get the word mortuary, mortality. Okay? Mort means death. Gage means contract. It's a death contract. Death contract. Okay? I don't believe it's 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 biblical to get in debt, period. But anyway. <clears throat> so what... And I'm not saying to come down on anybody that's got a mortgage away. Hey, look, I've been there, done it. Okay? I'm not condemning you. It was wrong when I did it. I'm just saying if you have any means and you know the truth now. Do what you can. Ask the Lord to, you know, help you with that. Um, So, what should one do? We got got to sell money into into John M. Vanzini's ministry in order to get out of debt, right? John M. Vanzini even made it to the front page of the Walshaw Advisor, a Midlands local newspaper, because of his approach to his people in debt. His mail shot encouraged its recipients and his supporters to send all their unpaid bills to his UK Walshaw office with a with a pre printed paid in full sticker attached to them. So he gave you the stickers evidently, and you attached them to your bills paid in full. These yeah, that's biblical. I see that all through the Bible. Jesus had a massive mailing campaign that, you know, no, just kidding, teasing. I just have to be a little tongue-in-cheek about this because it's so unbiblical. It's good to point out these things. These red stickers sent out by Advanzini apparently signified a step of faith. All bills he received would be burned at a special ceremony. And supporters would receive a photo of this. 8x10 glossy if you send in another 40 bucks, I bet. If you send in 100, I bet you would autograph it for you. That's how it goes, seriously. They autograph a copy... It's gonna cost you at least a hundred bucks a book or a hundred bucks a photo. That's how it goes with these guys. Um, isn't that what they just said? Todd Bentley was doing. He performed an occultic ceremony. He burned the prayer requests. Isn't that very similar to what they're doing here? Avan Z recommended that these people in debt send one hundredth of their indebtedness to him. Yeah, one hundredth. So, okay, for argument's sake, if they were, let's say they were a million dollars in debt. Okay, let's just say that, you know, for argument, would that be ten grand? They'd send to him, I think, around there. I think. I think it's about ten grand. So, yeah, th- in, in other words, that would, but hey, that's a good scheme. I mean, if you got a lot, people are in debt like crazy. So, you know, if you can get a hundredth of their debt in this, and then, so you would send a hundredth of that actual debt to him, along with their unpaid bills, in faith, with the with the red magic stickers, and then expect a hundredfold returned. Yep, that's biblical. Debt counselors express grave concern at such encouragement to get into debt even further. Avanzini apparently adopts the God told me to tell you this approach. Exactly. What God is he hearing from? We know it's not the God of the Bible because this contradicts the Bible. So is he possibly giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils? I think there's no doubt about that. Gloria Copeland, who's Kenneth Copeland's lovely wife, who we talked about earlier, um, who loves to call upon Satan, his master, in tongues. Yeah, Gloria Copeland teaches that if you sell $100 into their ministry, you will get a 100% increase, and you will, in turn, collect $100,000. 100%, no, that's not a 100% increase, that's a... 1,000%? Uh, Yeah, I think they left a zero off. You will get a 1,000% increase and will turn and collect $100,000. Or if you sell $500, you will collect $500,000. Wow, what a return on your investment. I mean, this would make Merrill Lynch drool. Or Creflo Dollar, too. I mean, my word. Creflo, give me a dollar. Um, So, Giovin Vizzini also teaches the 100-fold hoax and bases his false teaching on Mark 4, Luke 8, and Mark 10. Mark 10. One Christian told me, Advanzini perverts the scriptures, and armed with a full range of Bible-twisting tricks, he tells the unsuspecting, that a greater than the lottery has come. His name is Jesus. That's a quote. A greater than the lottery has come? In other words, that Jesus is better than any lottery. Now, I'm not saying I'm against giving back to the Lord. And I'm not saying God cannot bless you, because I believe I've seen Him do it with me. But it's like, what is your heart? I mean, are you doing it in such a way that's biblical? Or are you letting not your right hand know what your left hand is doing when you give? Are you doing it to be seen among all men? Because the Bible says when you do it in that such a way, that verily you have your reward. So if you're doing it to be seen among men, or so you can write it off on your taxes verily, you hath your reward. You got your tax deduction, you've done it to be seen among men, you've got, You've done it so you can get preferential treatment in church, you can be elevated to a higher status, which the Bible says, they that are greatest among you, let them be your servant. And it also says, they that are last shall be first. And you don't seek to go around and glorify yourself, you seek to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything's opposite in the church nowadays, pretty much, is the point I'm trying to make here. Or most of the things are, I should say. So, um, yeah, he said, a Greater greater than the lotteries come, his name is Jesus. The faith teachers on God TV are always talking about getting something from God, and it usually involves self, and is always centered on money. Why give their ministry the money? They will answer that their ministry is good ground to sow into. Hank Hanegraaff um, points out in the book Christianity and Crisis, and I'm not saying I necessarily endorse Hank Hanegraaff, but he does bring up some good points here. Um, he says that If this was all true regarding the prosperity gospel, then the faith teachers who teach this hundredfold increase would never have to ask for money themselves. I mean, if you think about it, it's true. They would be giving it away quicker than they could be getting it, so they could get millions in return. It's true, it's a good point to think about. A married couple in England commented, what really gets me is that the followers of these ministries don't question why their teachers don't practice what they teach and preach, and hunt around for one of their partners in the greatest financial need, and to sow the seed. They are telling those in the bread line to sow a seed if they have a need, but why don't they? Because they're greedy, and because they're of their father the devil, and of his works they will do, and he is the father of lies, and the love of money is the root of all evil. You could go on and on and on. God TV teachers often quote, touch not mine anointed. I, I just love that. I, I, I get that all the time. I've gotten it for a long time. Yeah, touch not mine anointed. Well, you know what? If these supposed anointed were anointed, why are they doing everything in an unbiblical fashion? Why is that? They're not God's anointed. Why are these prophecies always wrong most of the time? Why are they Why are they operating in confusion when God is not the author of confusion? They're doing everything in non-indecency and in order. And they're not reproving the unfruitful works of darkness Okay, they're actually part of them. They're the very thing that the Bible warns about. They're not anointed. They're anointed of the devil. It says, "Touch not mine anointed. Do my prophets no harm." Yeah, First Chronicles six sixteen twenty two. Yeah, if you show me a real one, sure, show me a real one. At other times, they say, "Ah, the religious spirits are going mad because of this channel, and the devil is really mad." When they say religious spirits, they're really referring to you and I as true Christians. We have religious spirits. Because we're heresy hunters. We're Pharisees and Sadducees, as they refer to us. It's just so easy. But you know what? I just can so easy come up with a boatload of scripture to refute all that. Well, judge not lest ye be judged. That is in reference to hypocritical judgment when you have a beam in your own eye and you're seeking the speck in your brothers. But the Bible says... He who is spiritual judgeth all things. Jesus Christ said, Judge righteous judgment. Not according to appearance, but judge righteous judgment. Oh, well, Todd Bentley appears like such a wonderful man of God. Well, number one, he don't appear like a wonderful man of God to me, but if you think so, whatever. But what is the fruit? We already looked at the fruit. It's rotten. It's rotten fruit. So you could go on and on and on about that. So they say, Touch not mine anointed, do my prophets no harm. Which means do no physical harm, not questioning whether what they're doing is of God, which is my point exactly. Um, The Bible is very, very clear that we are to mark them, which cause division and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which you have learned. And you could say, yeah, well, where was that done in the New Testament? Well, um, Paul said that Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. Oh, that wasn't very nice. Well, well, he said, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. He was honest. I mean, it was just an honest statement. Okay, The Lord reward him according to his works. What would be more merciful? Oh, yes, bless him in his sin. Bless Alexander the coppersmith in his sin, that he can deceive more people and delude more people, and maybe take more people to hell with him. Would that be more merciful prayer? You know, if God rewards him according to his works in this lifetime, there's a good chance that all men will see and fear and declare the work of God, and that they would wisely consider of God's doing, as Psalm 64 points out. He also says, Demas have forsaken me for this present world. He marked Demas. Okay? Happens. Happens all, I mean, if you read the New Testament, it happens in several places, okay, where he warns them about the religious Jews and these types of things. There's nothing unbiblical about it. Now, if you yourself were living a life of abject sin, and you did have a beam in your own eye, and you were and you were t- wanting to be a heresy hunter and, and point out true heresy, it's that wouldn't be real biblical because you've got all kind of stuff going on with yourself. Okay, so yes, you do have to. There, there is um, rightly dividing the word of truth. You have to look at here. But when we go to um, this further. He said, a Christian once told me we can just imagine Paul preaching to the Bereans and that they are checking everything that he taught out against the word of God because he said the Bereans were more noble than those in Thessalonica because they sought these things out to see if they'd be so. Okay? So Paul must have gone mad saying um, imagine the Bereans that were checking everything out he taught against the word of God. Do you think Paul must have gone mad saying, who are you to question me and check up on me? Don't you know who I am? Don't you know I have written almost two-thirds of the New Testament? Don't you know that I have built up most of the churches? How dare you question me? I am anointed of the living God. Can you imagine Paul saying that? Now, who had a right more than Paul to say that? Much more of a right than Kenneth Copeland, or Dad Hagen or any of these other reprobates would ever have. And yet, he did not say that. He told them to search these things out, to mark them. You know, to compare Scripture with Scripture. To study to show thyself approved unto God. You know, he encouraged that. Because he was not a hypocrite. Paul called the Bereans more noble because they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the Scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. That's in Acts 17.11. Unlike Gerald Kehan, a pastor in London who wrote the following in response to a letter in which the teachings of God TV were questioned. Good old Gerald Keehan, this pastor in London, says, quote, ask yourself the question, by what authority do you attack or undermine other Christians? Now this is this is somebody who's defending God TV. What major church or ministry have you built? Oh, is that so? But you know what, to him it doesn't matter if it's built on a false foundation. That's okay. That it's corrupt from its inception. It was based on false prophecies, and God never told him to do this. No, that's okay, because he's willing to overlook that. He said, then he goes on to say, God anoints leadership and puts them in place to speak and to lead. Yeah, just like God is sending the strong delusion of Second Thessalonians chapter 2, where he said, I will send strong delusion, that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned to receive not the love of the truth. Yeah, just like that. Yeah, I guess you're right. He does do that. He permits it to happen. That's true. Yeah, for possible they should deceive the very elect. You're right. That's why you need to get in the word of God. So you're not deceived. Then he goes on to say, if you're not in that place, you are not anointed to do it. So be quiet, he's screaming. (sighs) Sadly, a lot of your letter is due to immaturity and naivety. Naivety, Meaning they're naive. Basically, a lot of teaching is beyond you. A lot of the teaching on God TV is beyond us. You know, it it reminds me of that Bible verse, touch, um, come not near me... um, you know, touch not God's anointed, I am holier than thou, you know, that type of attitude he's got. Basically, a lot of the teaching, essentially on God TV, is beyond you. But you can, but you can with a right heart, acquire understanding. Oh good, there's still hope for us, Doug. Being a judge to the body will not do it. Oh, we mustn't judge the body of Christ. Well, the thing is, if I I was judging the body of Christ in an unbiblical way, I would, you know, it'd be one thing, but number one, the body of Christ, to me, isn't represented in what God TV is doing. See, that's the thing, that's the fatal assumption that these reprobates are saying. They think that they're actually a Christian. And most of the time, they're so deluded and so deceived, they can't even see the forest before the trees. They're not even Christians. A Christian raising himself up to knock major ministries is called immaturity at best. End of quote. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and start um, part three because I don't think I'm going to be able to squeeze everything in before the end of this. Um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead. I'm, I'm going to try. I'm going to try to get this done here with this particular teaching. Sorry about that. I'm just trying to reacclimate myself here. I'm going to continue on with this teaching, and if we go further, it says apart from money. Revival is God TV's favorite hobby horse. Of course. I mean, that that shouldn't be of any surprise. And it is always just around the corner. Revival. Many of those who appear on God TV believe that the great revival is here. Or on the way with God TV. The chosen vehicle to promote this revival, Rory Alec claims, that God TV told him, in which all Europe shall be saved. You know how many times I've heard this? And the Bible says narrow is the way which leads to light eternal, few there will be it. Most people are going to be deceived. They're going to be overtaken by strong delusion. Most people are going to embrace the one world system of the Antichrist. And yet, they're saying all of Europe shall be saved. But see, in their eyes, the gospel they're preaching, virtually all of Europe will be saved according to the Antichrist gospel. They will end up taking the mark of the beast, unfortunately. There's only going to be a remnant that's going to resist, most likely. And that's the way God always works in the Bible. There's always a remnant that will resist, okay? But, um, they're saying, yes, all Europe's going to be saved. Give me a break. Uh, then he goes on to say, but it is really a great revival, or is it the great apostasy spoken of by Paul? Yes, exactly. In Second Thessalonians 2, 1-12, through 12, credibly, as it seems, more mosques and Mormon temples are being built in the UK than ever before. Um, New Age teaching, along with other certain cults, continue to grow at a staggering rate in the UK. So where's all this revival? Well, it's false revival. What about the fact that Europe, particularly Britain, has the largest per capita witchcraft population of any place on earth? Okay, what about that? In his book, Counterfeit Revival, Hank Hanegraaff goes behind the scenes and uncovers the contradictions, false experiences, spiritual deception, and seductive allure of the esoteric experience masquerading under the banner of truth. He draws you into the wildly popular and bizarre world of contemporary revivalism as it documents the devastating impact on congregations worldwide. The counterfeit revival provides biblical remedies to counter a paradigm shift that threatens to tear apart the very fabric of contemporary Christianity. Well, the Bible says it was going to happen. Not to say we shouldn't fight, or earnestly contend for the faith, but it does clearly predict it was going to happen. There's going to be a great falling away, and it's happening. It's in full swing. Really, it shouldn't just... it shouldn't make you sad so much as it would, okay, this is confirming Scripture. The Bible said it was going to happen. The Word of God said this. Um, it's not something you want to glory in, but Bibles did say it was going to happen. So if we go further, it says, uh states, Satan is a master counterfeiter. Rather than presenting evil in its naked deformity, he masquerades as an angel of enlightenment, or entertainment, I would say. The angel of entertainment. Uh, He wants people to encounter him and think they are in touch with the living God. His ultimate deception is a counterfeit revival. Rory Allick condemns anyone who would dare question the doctrines and practices being promoted on his network. Those who do question are often branded as devils and accusers of the brethren or causing division among the brethren. Or touching God's anointed, you know, all those ones the the Charismatics love to use. Rory has warned people who would examine and question the teachings on his network to think again. He says, quote, be careful, do not speak evil of the projects of the living God. And no devil on this earth will stop this ministry. No, the devils are actually helping you, Rory. They're, They're helping you. They're with you. This movement being used by the Roman Catholic religion to bring all people together of all different religions of the world is essentially under the control of the Pope. The goal of this movement is to unite the, quote, body of Christ, regardless of what you believe, so that the Pope can give Jesus a 2,000 year birthday present. It's 2,000 years overdue, right? Yeah. Well, that's what the Pope is going to present, the Antichrist. Here's your one world religion on a silver platter, Antichrist. Here's your 2,000 year birthday present. Okay? And again, you notice how they, they define the body of Christ differently than the Bible would define the body of Christ, okay? It's a false body. Many within the ecumenical movement often ignore the history, the doctrine and the councils of the Roman Catholic religion. Many Christians have been tricked into thinking that the Roman Catholic religion has changed. Sadly, they are misguided as their unbiblical doctrines are still in place to this day. And the Vatican, II reconfirmed the Councils of Trent, which has over a hundred curses against true biblical Christians. Yeah, that's the Roman Catholics. The largest pseudo-Christian cult on earth. Jack Van Eppie, who just loves Catholic doctrine, he quote loves Catholic doctrine, never ceases to sing the praises of the Pope, calling him a great man of God. And I've seen him do this. It's sickening. For a man that knows the Bible as good as that guy does, he has absolutely and utterly no excuse. Guys like him are going to burn in the lake of fire the hottest, I believe. I really do. Because they know so much better. Rory and Wendy Alec once claimed, quote, It does not matter anymore whether you believe that the bread and the wine was literally his body and blood or not. Oh, it doesn't matter anymore. Doesn't matter. They they're they're saying this to justify the Catholics. So these are the founders of God TV. They said it does not matter anymore whether you believe that the bread and the wine was literally, literally his body and blood or not. Then he then he, they go on to say, and then he goes on to say, tell that to the many reformers and martyrs who died at the stake thinking it didn't it did matter because it wasn't that important where they would die for it. Lying Signs and Wonders. On the video "Signs and Wonders Movement Exposed," this is another video um, produced by NPN Videos. It is proven that leading charismatic figures who appear on God TV use occult techniques in their meetings. On the meeting, on the video, experts of music, medicine, illusions, and theology reveal the hidden truths of the well-known signs and wonders workers have tried to hide. Now, again, we got into this in the last teaching, where they're basically calling out to Satan through tongues. The foundation of God TV is built upon the heretical, word-of-faith teaching along with its false gospel, false Jesus, and occultic practices. Its roots are filled with fabrications, fantasies, frauds, false miracles, and dodgy fundraising schemes. With a whatever works and an end justifies the means methodology. The fruit of this is a false church filled with false converts believing a false gospel. There you go, right there. It's the fruit of this. False church, false converts, false gospel. People all on their way to hell, essentially. Who are rich and increased with goods, but in reality are totally spiritually blind, just as Revelation 3 says regarding the Laodicean church. Okay? They think that they're rich and in need of nothing, but they're blind, wretched, weak, naked. That's why God says, I counsel thee to buy me I you know I sat that thou mayest see and gold tried in the fire. They're not doing that. They don't want that path. And as it is written, a corrupt tree cannot bring forth good fruit, neither can a good fruit, neither can a good tree bring forth evil fruit. The Christian channel of Europe, which is now God T V is not from God. It is a counterfeit of the worst and most diabolical kind, and is to be rejected and denounced. That was, this whole article was by a guy named David McAllister of the Berean, Belfast Berean of, uh, 8704. I think he did a pretty good job summing that up.